Uh. Some of people's one time. What up, what up, what up? Happy 2018. You are back listening to Across the Intersection podcast. This is AJ. I'm in here with Eve and Avery. Hello, everybody. What's going on, guys? So we are a couple weeks into 2018. Just want to say what up. But as always, you can listen to our illustrious podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud as always. And please follow us on social media. You can hit us up on Twitter at Across This and on Facebook, Across the Intersection. And now we're on the gram. Hit us up, Across This One on the gram. Um, And always, you can hit us up individually. I'm at Divinimus on all platforms. That's D-I-V-E-N-O-M-O-U-S, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. And feel free to like me on, um, or follow me, I should say, on uh, on Twitter, E to the V to the E. That's great. And I can be reached at averygoodidea.com. That's averygoodidea.com. Ooh, there we go. Mm. Told y'all we'd get him back. Just a few <laughs> ads on Twitter got him back pumping his stuff. Look at that. I, I didn't say out. Twitter. I was just talking about my domain. Hey, <laughs> we do it for the ownership. Clicks. We do it for the clicks. Don't ownership. worry. Blankityblank.com is coming soon. So we're we going to do it for the clicks. It's already taken. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Blankityblank.com. Yeah, blankityblank.com is already taken. So. The, the key is to get the domain name before you announce it. Oh, yeah. Y'all can go out there and buy blankityblank.com. Go ahead. That's not what I was talking about, but um, yeah. We so our, they gonna our, buy it in that um, that across this coin, huh? Uh oh, across this coin, that the venomous coin. So um, what's going on, everybody? I know we we haven't met for a couple of weeks, you know, because uh, we just had a lot of stuff going on. 2018 started off kind of rough. We had you know I had some family stuff and uh, what happened. Know, I had a death in the family. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, so right after the new year, we had a death in the family, so I had a lot of stuff going on. Who was so, it? Uh, someone in my wife's family very close. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. okay. So, okay. yeah. So, you know, we uh, thank y'all for rocking. I Listen, I'm, I'm actually a little boosted. People still listening. We have actually crossed, uh, I forget what the number was. It was a high number on the last two podcasts. Excellent. I was, I was pretty uh, I was pretty. Uh, excited well big ups to brady goodwin aka the fanatic that it was no a big ups interview. to us no yeah no, no. anybody tripping off Whatever. brady no, no, big no, ups actually, to me <laughs> actually i got that um i got that click farm to to start downloading the uh the podcast the robots you got the got the bot downloaders yeah no nah, we uh but the honestly the that one and the, the one before it as well the one where we were talking about 1804 and something else um, those are starting. Oh, the sexting joint. Yeah, yeah Robbie, the, the Robbie joint. So, thank you to all our listeners. Yeah, we appreciate definitely. y'all. And as always, please tell a friend to tell a friend. And hey, listen to all our personal friends who like to hit us up individually about the podcast. You can go ahead and tweet about that. <laughs> you can go ahead and just post on Facebook or something about no that. No one is stopping you. Yeah, nobody's stopping you. I mean, no, you can still text me and call me or call Eva Avery. But you know, please feel free to give us that pub that publicity. On social media, but anyway, what you guys been up to? Y'all, y'all have heard what how my life has been terrible these last two three weeks. Y'all yeah. want to update the the peoples? 
I mean, on my part, things are, are, are pretty good. Uh, the transition to the year has been good. Um, but just a few sort of conspiratorial things have popped up within my orbit. For example, um, I did a little research because there were some people who were on social media saying there's something wrong with the new year being in the dead of winter. Something is wrong there. Like, why would we establish with the Julian and Gregorian calendars that the oh, new Lord, year is in the dead of winter? Oh, but then, but then I looked <laughs> at the go. history. And what, what'd looked, you do? What was that? H-word? I looked at the history. What? Of, I never heard that word before. What that mean? Great, of the great month that we call February. Mm. And I call it a great month partially because it, it's the month of my birth. But anyway. Oh, I, I thought it was because it was Black History Month. Oh. I thought it was because it was Black History Oh, yeah, that's true. Black Come on, historian. Oh, like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. So but February. 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 So anyway, I did a, a, a little research into the history of the month of February. Mm. And now when you look at September through December and you look at the prefixes, uh-oh, uh-oh. you realize that sept mm, means seven Ooh, and right. oct means, I'm sorry, sept means- uh, Seven, yeah, you were right. Oct mm, means eight. Yes. Yeah, oct means eight. Mm-hmm. Nove or nu, something with an N, means nine. Mm. And deca, or for December, means ten. Mm. So then what in the world happened back in history that would cause us to call December the 12th month instead of the 10th? Anyway, I did some research on January and February, and turns out February before about 400 BC was actually the last month of the year. So I just According wanted, to whose calendar? Um, I don't remember which calendar predated the Gregorian and the, and the Julian calendars, so I, I'm not a calendar expert. But my point is... Supposedly, uh, February, right before it turned spring in March, was actually the last month of the year, oh. which to the conspiracy theorists who I was referencing makes more sense because a new year, spring, you know, there's something going on gotcha. with the climate that would make you say, yes, there's a new year. Anyway, mm. so yeah, that was just interesting. That's all. That is very interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 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 <laughs> Go ahead, Avery. What's been going on with you? Um... Yeah, so I've been doing all right. It's <laughs> 2018, according to this, what, Gregorian calendar? One of them. Gregory, whatever. <laughs> Pope Gregory. Yeah, that dude. <laughs> so it's 2018, and I'm doing pretty, pretty well. I am trying to have my Zen Selah moments. Okay. And um, stillness is motion. For all stillness those. is motion. Yeah. For if y'all can't see, Avery's starting to levitate. For, those, <laughs> for all those that that <laughs> are always looking to push buttons and for that stimulation and whatnot, stillness is motion, right? Because what would you just standing there or lying down? Your heart still beats. That's true. Your blood still pumps. Your eyes still bleak. You still yeah. gonna do that Airbnb joint? Your hair still grows. <laughs> You still yeah, want to do that? Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Get I'm that, gonna get, get to that. that cash money, play. Yeah, yeah, so. It's Bitcoins to be made, play. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> nah, it's some AJ coin. How much you going for these days? The AJ coin? That joint is, they going to charge you. Okay, how much you want for it? Okay. <laughs> you going in the negative for okay. that joint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was on, um, I was on, I was. I had a nice little break, went on vacation at the beginning of the year. 
Oh, sweet. Where'd you go? I, man, I went to this place called Averyville. <laughs> <laughs> that's called a staycation. And staycations yeah, are up. very yeah. important as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. So it was great. But yeah, so it was good. <laughs> that's funny. That actually is funny, Averyville. Um, so anyway, guys, we are, as you, you guys have known, and we've said it on multiple occasions, we're coming to you live. Coming to you live. Live. Um, live on the pre-recorded yeah. message. <laughs> it's live to us when we record. I always think that's funny. I'm alive right now. You might be listening to this pre-recorded, but it's live. Something's live with a 30-second delay. There it's not go. really live, but anyway. There was this sports station. It was like, you were looking live. Remember that? Uh, yeah, right there? No. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> but- we're we're in the Washington D.C. metropolitan area. I want to say Metroplex because you know people in Dallas, Fort Worth, they say the Metroplex. Nah, I didn't know that. I didn't like how we say the it. metro area here. Yeah, Metroplex is a transformer. I don't know if you watched Transformers, but <laughs> Metroplex was the name of the Autobot City. Metroplex. That's right, it was. Yeah. We mm-hmm. just took y'all back to the eighties right there. Because yeah. he's not in a new movie. But well, no, this Transformers out, out Prime, which is a TV series, is a is a, a cartoon. You can catch it online. Oh, Transformers about to get Prime. Real nerdy right here. Come on. With Transformers us. Prime Wars. Yeah, it is. Combiner Wars. Combiner Wars. I it's heard Voltron combiners. was back too, and some other ones. We taking y'all into the. I don't know about that. Yeah, I think they the were trying. Yeah. We dragging y'all into the cave. Because mm-hmm. that stuff I ain't even heard. Combiners of. Wars, man. It's like you know when the, the robots they. Come yeah, they, together they, they and come they together like the big a giant yeah, robot. Yeah. yeah, so it's a series about them. Oh, okay. Yeah, about I ain't that. know about that joint. But yeah. no, anyway, so we call it the DC metro area. So I call it Maryland, to, but okay. Yeah. You call the whole area Maryland? Well, the Maryland say. part. Or Merlin, the magician. <laughs> well, this this particular thing is affecting the whole area. See, yeah. I say the area. Okay. People, you got to be a certain age to remember the area. That was a, People don't say the area anymore. They don't? No, nah, I haven't heard that in a while. But. <laughs> What's a, something really major that's affecting our area right mm. now? You are a H. Um, <laughs> it's this government shutdown. So I don't know if you're listening right now. Come the on. date is uh, January. What's today? Like the 20th, right? 21st. 21st. Sorry. Today's the 21st. January 32nd. <laughs> so today's the 21st, and um, 45 has decided to have a pissing contest um, with Congress. Ooh, watch your mouth. And shut down the government. The government. Oh, the government can, mm. right? So the Democratic Party wants to include some stuff about immigration in this newest government uh. funding appropriation. Mm. And 45 does not want that because as many of you know, he wants to build a wall. Mm. Now, that's not actually what we want to talk about because as you know from the very first episode, if you listen to our first show, mm. we do not want to be a political show. The first However. episode, yeah. <laughs> However. And you don't stop. That's how it is when you have a catalog. You can start referring back to the first show. What mm. we do want to talk about is, and I found this interesting because Eve had actually tweeted about this this past week. Okay. And it brought me back to remembrance of something that happened the last time the government shut down. I think it's 2013 or 2014. 2013. All right, 13. And everybody was ripping their hair out. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I remember saying back then, man, I don't, I don't care if the government shut down. I'm taking a break. What you mean taking a break, AJ? I'm, no, 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 no. I was like, I don't mind a free break from work. Well, you need this money. I was like. You can't stand to miss a day. Like, who are your friends that talk like that? No, these are my coworkers. Oh, your coworkers. No, AJ. Okay. You know, I I, I work in like the school of the one handed bandits. (laughs) I don't don't know, you know. (laughs) Right. Why, Eve? Why you blocking your laugh? We see you laughing over here. Everybody's giggling. We we got you on camera. No. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's for the YouTube channel. But no, they they were just all ripping their hair out about missing a day or, and if you recall, that last shutdown was like almost four weeks. 
and it just makes me sad honestly you know that's does. honestly yeah. that's the reason that i that i wrote the tweet in the first place so tell us what the tweet was about yeah, it, come on it basically on asked back, the dog. question <laughs> <laughs> But why did you toss the hand? And you, know, you, know, you gotta, Did you have on. some oil in the hand to just? Okay, I didn't, anyway. So no, but <laughs> it just really it makes me um, sad actually, and not too many things make me sad. But when someone is so locked in to this sent this this system of indentured servitude, and I'm not trying to be dramatic. But when you have a job, you are indenturing yourself mm-hmm. for a period of time, mm-hmm. usually about 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. in exchange for a consistent income. That is an indenture. There's an agreement that goes on. So you're, you're not that trying exchanges to be sad, but time you're being for, for money. Okay. Define <laughs> but, inc- uh, these are big words you're using. But what I'm trying to say, though, is because I want to I want to keep it moving because it's indentured like. Indentured servitude? I mean, I, I we mean, don't have enough degrees to follow your whatever. story. Whatever. So people working jobs. But yeah, I mean, and, and it's I work it's a job. Jobs, Everybody uh, here works jobs or have worked jobs. So so this is this is normal. But the thing that just made me sad well, was I'm just the it, scramble. So you know Come on, scramble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thirteen job. Uh, you lazy. What is it? What was it? <laughs> the you lazy. You only have thirteen job. <laughs> anyway, um, so when when somebody is frantic though, frantic, right. you know. So um, the reason that AJ's even bringing just for the purpose of a listener, um, the reason that AJ's even bringing up the government shutdown is because part of the reason that the Washington D.C. Metro- metropolitan area is as prosperous as it is compared mm. to the rest of the country and mm-hmm. was during the recession uh-huh. is because the largest. Hmm. Um, employer yeah. uh, is the federal me. government, Woo. and um, but you what, know. What, 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 what about Amazon? <laughs> um, I'm talking about numerically the largest employer what about, what in this McDonald's? area is the federal government. So, wow. um, so, and so that's why you know those of us who live in this area just hear these types of things. So people, some people are really frantic when they hear that they might have to go a period of time without income if that's what ends up happening Mm. and so but the thing that just makes me sad about it is that um a lot of people have painted themselves into the corner of depending on one source for all of their financial health and so that's what made me tweet you know, there's nothing wrong with an indenture. There's nothing wrong with saying to someone, I'm going to give you 40 hours of my life because that, that's a personal decision. Right. I'm going to give you 40 hours of my life. I just want, you know, a check every two weeks so that I can build my life around knowing what to expect in order to support myself and my family. But if you are depending on one source for all of your income, what happens when that source runs dry? And and do we even use that form of logic in any other area of life where we depend on one supermarket for all of our food or, you know, and then keep you know, we can always continue from there. And so I was what I was challenging people to do or at least mentioning in the tweet is I just wonder how many people have incorporated multiple streams of income into their lives and into their family budgets so that they, if something like this does happen, that there are options for them in terms of income since we live in a capitalist society where every single solitary thing costs money. 
So let me play devil's advocate to your point because I think, and I agree with your point because when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's a really dope, something I thought in, 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 in the past. What if I, if I am someone listening right now, I say, well, Eve, I don't have seven degrees like you. I can't market my skills in, in that way. So the best thing that I can do is get this job working at the chair factory making chairs. I don't really have any other skills. You know what's really, really, really interesting mm-hmm. is that the phenomena of, of, uh, of, of, of depending on but one source for all of your financial health um, knows no bounds in terms of education level. You have PhD professors who do the same thing. There are professors of finance who do the same thing and know better. There are people who live their lives like this regardless of whether they have a PhD or no D. So that's the thing. You know, I don't think it has anything to do at all with the level of education. But what it does have to do with is stepping back and saying, what other streams of income, ideally passive streams of income exist so that I'm not dependent on that one organization and for everything with that organization to go right. Because that's what you're saying. When you're depending on one source for all of your financial health, then you're basically saying everything needs to continually go right with that organization for me to continue to have a roof over my my head, clothes on my body, and food in my stomach, transportation and communication. Okay, and so I think that that is something that people should rethink and think about. And there are plenty of there's plenty of literature on things that can ha- that you can do, so that you're not working a bunch of jobs. I'm not saying that people should work twelve jobs in order to get twelve streams of income. Oh, thank God! Well, but I think that it is it's worthy. It's worth it, even if you're not a reader. It's worth it to pop in that audio book to find out how you can get other streams of income generated into your life, so that you're not going plum crazy when the federal government decides to shut down. Okay. So I would jump in, and uh, I would, I would then challenge, I would then challenge you to to try to like give a practical example mm-hmm. for people because I don't think that what you're saying is is a, a new concept. Nope. I think that there's a lot of people who have that mindset, but I also think with that, that's as far as the mindset goes. They end up getting into a lot of trouble. Because they're always thinking about, okay, what other hustle can I can I do? Right. And so they end up being uh, uh, caught up, and a lot of people lose the little bit of money they do have, right? Yeah. Um, because they do not know how to properly, properly, properly analyze, properly deconstruct, or properly evaluate an opportunity, a good opportunity from a bad opportunity. Because a lot of people. We'll take bad opportunities yeah. over no opportunities at all. The other thing that I would also bring up, mm-hmm. and it's not, I, 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 I actually would, would sit, I, I kind of want to throw a little bit more sensitivity on the, on the situation because yeah. a lot of people don't have those options. Like a, a, for a lot of people, you're talking about 46% unemployment within the black community, then you're talking about the difference between one job and no job at all. A lot of people, an, another stream of income uh, is, is Lyft and Uber. Right and lifting Uber, you're 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 actually I and I and I hate to say it, but you're bearing all the risk in the situation, right? You're driving around at 3 a.m. in the morning to 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 get that next tip. Your tip is five dollars, but your gas is twenty five. So does the math really add up there? Or you get into an accident, who's paying for that? 
you have a passenger in there who's paying for all of that. There's a lot of risk, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of liability people tend to take on um, when they try to actualize what you're talking about. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering, like, you know, what are some what are some ideas? What are some suggestions that you can you can throw out there? Yeah. So I, I suggest, first of all, a paradigm shift. Now, yes, I fully understand there are people who have responsibilities and they're loaded down and they're on survival mode. So they might necessarily not necessarily have time to sit back and say, let me create my paradigm shift. No, babies are crying. Dinner needs to be prepared, you know. The, but, you know, I think that it's important for someone at some point to take a few seconds off the treadmill and just say, well, what type of life do I want to live? And I think that that is the difference. Some people have the paradigm that says grow up, get some kind of training and go to have a, have a job. Work that job till you retire and then, you know, have some years of retirement and die. That's that's what my life is going to look like. And they've normalized that. Whereas some people say, well, what type of life do I want to live? And let me see if I can insert a job and other attributes into that life. So the first person has a job centered life. Somebody told them, grow up, get a good job. So I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more specific. But I think that number one is just having a paradigm shift. Instead of saying, what job do I want to work? You ask yourself, what type of life do I want to live? Who am I and what do I do? Like, what do I enjoy doing? What do I have interests and talents in? Who am I? And I think that when you build your life based on those characteristics, then monetizing the things that you already do, in other words, being able to make cash from the things that you already do, um, is a little bit more like easy to understand. So like what? some people I know with, with Uber and Lyft, for example, I lifted for a while, right? Like there were times where I lifted during my Saturday errands, you know, like these are things that I was doing anyway. And I was like, let me make some cash in the pro in the process of that. Uh, so <laughs> I keep on banging on this yeah, table, girl, you're going all over but, <laughs> um, you know, there are people who paint, there are people who actually, I have a friend who actually likes to paint. That's what she does, but she doesn't just paint and then say, okay, this is nice. She goes to shows and she presents her art. This is a part of her lifestyle and she has a stream of income from it. So it depends on who you are. If you're into real estate, you're somebody who just has an interest in real estate and you have, and you've generated some extra capital in order to buy you know, some property and actually be able to, to use that as a stream of income. Um, there's a person that I know who actually, when, when they actually saw a very inexpensive house, got it, and then still sits on it and, and actually rents that out to Section 8. But even on a lower level, there are people who go to Goodwill <laughs> and buy things there that are um, inexpensive, and then they go to you know, some kind of platform. I don't want to name specifically because, you know, there are all kinds of platforms to use and they flip those types of items. But I don't think you should just do that for money. If that's what you're into, then that's something that you can monetize. I think so you made a very good point, either. And I think that, that I don't want that to get overshadowed with the talk of the practicalities because, like, the first part is people have to shift their paradigm. I think people have the mentality, I'm going to do this thing and make this money, no matter how much it is, whether it's $10 an hour or whether I'm making six figures, right? And in order for you to truly succeed, in 2018, let's just keep it 100. In, in 2018, that, that paradigm is not going, it's like putting a square peg in a round hole. So I think, you know, understanding that I need to decide what kind of life I'm willing to live. That's a very serious question that people have to ask themselves. 
you know, I, I, I work around a lot of architects and engineers because I am one, right? Many of whom are making six figures and way high six figures whose spouses might be making that kind of money too, right? So I need to decide what kind of life I want to live. Now, let's say that's not your, that's not who you are. Let's say you're a school teacher making $35,000 a year, right? You still have to decide what kind of life you want to live because as we see, even the federal government can shut down people. This is not like a company went under, you know what I'm saying? Or the store I was working at went out of business. This is the government. The government is shut down. And the last time there was a shutdown, it was almost four weeks. If For those of you who are not in the D.C. area and don't know, the last time there was a government shutdown in 2013 under the Obama administration, it lasted 16 business days, hmm. which is almost four weeks. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, that's actually might yeah, be a full month. It's yeah. almost a full month. Yeah. yeah. 20 days is a full month. 20 business days is a full month. So in, in order for me to be able to mitigate something like that, that could ha- very well happen again this time. I got to think in terms of, okay, what type of life do I want to live? If I'm married, why not say, you know what? Let me live a life that whoever makes the most money, we live a life according to that person's salary, right? The other person's salary, we put it to the side or we invest it or we do some other things, whatever that whatever that, that entails. And if you have to go from a big house to a little apartment to do For it- For a season, you might have to do that. Let's, so let's say, all right, well, whatever, AJ, I'm not married. So what about me? That's, I'm glad you asked that. So the other point that I would throw out there that I think Eve just made up is that we don't get into this hustle grind mentality because I think Avery's point is very good. A lot of people just grind for the sake of grinding. I'm on my grind. I got this. I'm doing that. I'm running here. I'm running there. Um, and I think that it's very important that you tr- look to see what interests me and how can I monetize what interests me. Now, I have multiple streams of income. I'll give you guys a little peek into my own life. I enjoy teaching. So I was able to monetize teaching. So I teach at a community college as adjunct faculty. That's a way that I monetize something that I'm already interested in. Yeah. I'm not like out here like, yo, I need to give me another job. Let me just go out here and just do something for the sake of doing it. So I would encourage you guys, you know, don't get into that mentality because the Bible talks about the love of money becomes the root of all types of evil. And if you grind just for the sake of grinding with no purpose in sight, you can sometimes find yourself, you know, using Avery's word, in a bad situation, thinking it was a good opportunity, but it really was a bad opportunity. So that would that that would just be my my two cents. So so I think that it's a little bit more than just a purpose. That that just just saying what it is that I want to do. Um, I think that's a. That, that that is true. I think that question, and, and to be fair, or it's, it, the question is simple, but it's not as simple as it sounds. Um, what asking what type of life I want to live yeah, instead of just instead of just jumping on a treadmill, somebody started for you, and then next thing you know, well, even, forty years pass and you retire. Well, I think that that's that, I don't think that that's that that's a bit of a um or again an oversimplification, and then I also think that even before asking what kind of life I want to live is to ask who am I. Yeah, that's an even more important question. Oh, yeah. There's a book called uh, Outliers by a guy named Malcolm Gladwell. I'm not sure if anybody's read it mm-hmm. or listened to the audiobook. You see, you got into it. Yep. Okay, great. So I think that uh, Outliers is a is a is a great book that talks about a, a concept called accumulated achievement. And what accumulated achievement is is the it it it's about understanding what situation or the context in which someone is born into 
the book goes into talking about what makes someone air quotes successful versus someone else with the same set of skills uh, makes them not successful. And the study goes on to show that it has very little to do with either individual. It has very little to do with either individual. It has everything to do with the context in which that individual is born and the privileges and the access that that individual is given and um, to, 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 to also include the, the major, major industrial and cultural economic shifts that are happening um, when the person is born or around the time in which the person is of a particular age where all these things line up. So you can, it's important, it's important to understand that aspect in light of who I am or what it is that I would like to do or what kind of life I want to live. True. Because there's a plenty plenty of people out here that want to be NBA All-Stars, but they're four foot eleven. Mm-hmm. And they don't ever they don't ever have the opportunity to go and look at themselves and compare themselves to uh Clint Capella, shout out to the, the Rockets. Hey, Isaiah and, Thomas is the inspiration for everybody. Man. First of all, Isaiah Thomas is like five seven. <laughs> he ain't four eleven. Well, take I, us to Spud I specifically Webb mentioned four eleven. Uh, Bugs <laughs> What I'm saying is that we're going around and we're comparing ourselves. We yeah. we have it. A majority of us, or a lot of us, uh, who who um, are not born into certain situations, are are taught to idolize. Uh, yeah, yeah. Taught to idolize. You know, these vision boards, and we're going to put Oprah on there. We're going to put Barack Obama on there. Two people who are old, old, they're in their 50s and 60s. Two people are old. So, um, we, we, we go and we put these people on our vision boards, and we say, this is the life that I want to live. But we negate. We don't know. The fact that it took them decades to get there, well, and not, then a bunch of other things that we don't have. It, not only took it decades to get there. They probably didn't have a vision You know, I've said this. <laughs> That's a good point. I've said, I've said this before. You, you know, we... we we don't know that Barack Obama was a legacy kid. We don't know Barack Obama is a Kenyan American. A lot of what Black Americans can't say. They're descendants of slaves. They can't trace their lineage back to a particular uh, ethnic group. There's there's a the 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 inheritance factor is a big is, is a big issue. We know President Obama inherited five hundred thousand dollars, five hundred eighteen thousand dollars, something like that, from his grandmother. Like there's there's, there's a lot of things that that we don't we miss because we 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 tend to buy into this concept of the the self-made man or woman mm-hmm. and there's no such thing as a self-made man or woman and so this brings me to my other the other thing that why I say it's an oversimplification and that's somebody working for 40 years or 45 years on a treadmill um you know your your, your job is what you make it it's not necessarily like like we all need to a uh, a uh, uh, a job is a can be a part of an organization that hopefully is fulfilling a certain purpose. Oh, yeah. And if oh, and yeah. if you have issue with whatever it is that thing is, and now I know that a lot of people who are not operate within within real purpose and they're just floating. And so to that I would agree that they're wasting their time. But I wouldn't necessarily like I wouldn't necessarily put down the fact that somebody is somebody's working, you know, a job as a janitor mm-hmm. or working a job as a teacher or mm-hmm. working a job in an office as an office manager or something that they don't necessarily like. Now, I've been in situations where I don't necessarily like, but um, I like like people, the, the companies and entrepreneurs who start companies need a staff. Like not everybody's going to be a chief. No doubt, no there, doubt. There needs to be a team. And oh no, so, yeah, we, and I need, you, I need to. You, you, you got to have verif- some Indians, but yeah. Let me yeah. give you an example. Well, the there, chief there is are an guys, Indian as well. You know what I mean? 
there are a lot of cheats, but you know, there are a lot of. Well, we we can take that that, that concept pretty far, by what, the way. But what I'm getting, to, what I'm trying to get to, is just to kind of, just just that, that's a plague on our community, and that the plague is this individualized. A self-made entrepreneur mindset. I just want to clarify, though. Uh I do want to clarify. A job, there there are some great benefits to being a job. I started my own business. I went back to working. I've worked before. And one thing that I noticed when you're in an organization uh, where my job right now or my the direction my career is going with another organization besides my own business is extremely fulfilling. I like the vision of, of it, and I like the way that the employees have a career ladder. There's, there's, there. They are pre. They, they are um, uh, deliberate about helping people advance. This, if among jobs, this is a good place to be. Just to give an a, an example. But more than that, there's a community where you work. You know, my where I work happens to have an open office plan, and I like my coworkers. There's a difference. I'm getting to my point. There's a difference between between being in an environment where you're working by yourself and you're trying to make something happen, you know, and there, there's something that opens up with you when you are a part of a team, you know? And so I'm saying all that to say your job can be one of those streams of income. The main point that I was trying to make is don't make that your only stream of income. If you are an entrepreneur, don't make that your only stream of income. Um, we need to diversify. This is capitalism and cap- capitalism cares not for your butt. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, the other thing I wanted to mention, (laughs) (laughs) right, that the the second thing I wanted to mention, and this is uh, with my own business, this is not promo, but this is just literally saying one of the first things I do with students, you don't even have to say it, uh... whatever. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that I do with my (laughs) with my students is that we start off with the career assessment, Cameron Academy, you know, (laughs) we start off with the career assessment, right? And then we talk about or we deal with or they get counseling on how to get there. And so part of the career assessment isn't just what you were just saying, which is what do you do well? You know, what do you have a passion for? No, that lines up literally with what is the marketplace demanding? So I'm with you in terms of you have to know, just like Gladwell was alluding to in terms of the times that you're living in, you have to align what the marketplace is demand, demanding with your personal interests and talents. You don't just walk around and say, I can monetize anything. Okay. Um, I think that that's great. What I would also like to, I like to get into is this idea of, you know, of, of, again, analyzing opportunities, being able to be financially literate. Also, I would say entrepreneurial, entrepreneurially literate, um, business opportunity literate. Yep. Um, and uh, the we have a lot of people who have a lot of ambition, and the ambition plus naivety uh, plus um, gobs and gobs of hope tends to blind us from um, scams and schemes and reality. ripoffs and reality yeah. that is right in front of us, and so. Um, we know there's been a major cryptocurrency crash that has taken place. Um, today's date is, what is it, the 22nd? 20, 21st. 21st. Today's mm-hmm. the 21st. Um, we know uh, in the past 60-some-odd days from the end of November all the way up until the beginning of January, there was a crash. There was a cryptocurrency crash. Bitcoin being the leading cryptocurrency went from, well, it peaked.
peaked at nineteen, about nineteen thousand dollars, and right now it's at nine thousand dollars. There's a lot of people now. Mind you, Bitcoin was far less than that at the beginning of the year. You know, you're talking four digits, and the year before that, is, if I can recall, but the year before that, it was in the hundreds. Uh, but but there's a whole lot of people who didn't understand what cryptocurrency is. Yeah. It just got on the news. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of people learned about it on social media, asking their friends, should I get into this crypto thing? All of this other stuff, which helped to drive up the price, which was the, the whole goal because it was being manipulated. A whole bunch of people got in and there were people saying it was going to go to a million dollars. And that thing, interestingly, interestingly enough, got up to $19,000, never even cracked 20000 and then mm. dropped right back down. And so now you got a whole bunch of people who uh, lost their savings. Uh, there are a lot of videos on YouTube about it. Um, but there's something, there was something called BitConnect. And BitConnect was a lending platform. Mm. It was a popular cryptocurrency lending platform that came out on December 16th, 2016. And uh, BitConnect, what it did was it promised about 40, 40% returns on your investment if you, if you bought into their system. Mm. Ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, thirty thousand, whatever it is, hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, whatever you put in there, um, then they said that you would get a one percent daily interest on that for the period in time that you agreed for them to hold it, whether it's thirty days, sixty days, ninety days. Then you get to you get your money back. But what? So what you did was you either put your USD right for so people who have US dollars, you put your USD, whatever it is that you have, or if you happen to have Bitcoin, which had a lot of value. Then you could purchase their coin called BitConnect coin or BCC, not to be confused with BTC, which is Bitcoin. Notice that this is confusing on purpose. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, that there was a whole lot of people that started putting their money in there. They didn't analyze. They they didn't analyze the the the, the way in which that this was set up. Like, can a company really promise you forty percent returns? In 90 did days, they, they, they weren't that, even around for a year. Yeah. Did they even know how rare or actually not just rare, impossible uh, based on a context of the way that in, you know other companies absolutely. operate that that is? That's the question. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, they didn't care because people didn't care. People didn't care. And, and they started putting their money into this thing because it was the next big thing. And it was this fear of missing out, which is a real psychological thing where people are already broke. And so they're stretched thin, government shutdown coming, we broke, we ain't got nothing, so let me take this little bit that I do have, and, and well, my friend or this talking head on YouTube tells me that the opportunity is worth the risk. And then you got into something, you put your money into something that you didn't even understand how it worked, you're not in technology, right? Like... You got into this thing, and then now you lost a little bit of money that you did have. Now you now the goal is how you're going to get back to where you were, and where you were you didn't like. And all this because dad and mom and the teacher and whoever was supposed to teach you your financial education or whatever it was did not tell you you don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Well, not only that, what? just to give you guys, to translate that into reality, because I'm one of those people when Avery was telling me about this pre-pro, I was like, oh, okay. You never jump into something like that once you see it on the news. And that's what we were talking about earlier before we started recording. Timing is everything. And for a lot of the people, many of the ones who lost money 
whether people were jumping into it once they saw it on social media, once they saw it on CNN and ABC. Oh, yo, like I had people hit me up like, yo, should should, should I get into it after it, it had already been out? Now, I deal with a lot of real estate developers in my line of work. And for the, many of you listening who might live near a major city, there's a little word we like to use called gentrification. But what that what what that is in reality, okay, in, in reality, what that means, and I'm just giving you a real watered down version because I think it's relative and it relates to this the uh, financial talk. There's a lot of cheap property around, ghetto, hood. Me and my developer buddies, we decide, you know what? We're going to go and buy up a bunch of blocks of this cheapo neighborhood. And sit on it. And sit on it. Or not. We can, we can do one of two things. We can sit on it or we can buy it up. And how they do that is they'll tax you out because they have buddies in these legislative you know, branches. And so what those representatives do is they increase the property taxes. That's how it works. They don't, black folks or poor folks just don't end up moving out. What they end up doing is they raise the taxes in that area. Come on. And they raise, they, they tax you out. So you're saying Mama Nettie, okay? Ma- Mama Nettie. Wait a second. Her house is paid for. Her husband died. The house is paid for. But you're saying that because of the increase in the taxes, oh, yeah. now she has to leave a house that she and her family have paid for. Yeah, that's how it works. And have lived in for the past 50 years. A lot of those years. houses were paid for. Yeah, that's how it works. So, to bring it back to this point, the point is they bought those properties probably 15, 20 years ago. They knock them down. They start building condos. And here you come in 2016. Yo, I think I'm going to do some uh, 2018, 2018, whatever. I'm going to get into some property in D.C. or Brooklyn or Chicago. No. don't. You mean a saturated market? Yeah, exactly. Don't do it now. If you saw it on the news, if you saw it on your friend's Facebook feed, that ain't the time to get into it. So if you ever heard something relative that's good from this show, know that if you hear about something that you think is a quote-unquote good opportunity and it's already all over social media or all over the news or all over the television, whatever, that is not the time to get in. Yeah, you know, yeah. July of 2017 was not the time to get into so, BitConnect. Yeah, yeah. And Bitcoin. And, and Bitcoin, well, Bitcoin I mean, in general. Yeah, real, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, straight up. Like, like, like you could have, you, now, now you could have bought in at the summertime and still made some money if you were if you got wise out. enough yeah. to get out uh, the third week of November, <laughs> right? Or even, even, even matriculating and then after that, because it was still in like the five digits, it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, the four digits, it wasn't in the five digits that you could have still made something. But if you were if you were smart enough, but there's a whole lot of people who were just so greedy that they held on even past the peak. Crazy, crazy. But they did it. Mm-hmm. And um, and they lost they, they lost their money. Lots Basically, they, they, money. they lost money. And so and so. Um, but to, to be more specific, even what you said, just to add on, uh, Amadi, I think that it that's definitely a barometer to look at. If it's you know, if it's on the news, if every if your grandmother is coming to you saying, eh, "Well, what's up with this Bitcoin?" Then the game's over. <laughs> unless, you know what I mean? Unless she unless if they uh, talk about it in Bitcoin. Unless, unless she founded it. Unless she found so, But the other, baby. the other side to this just to help out again, this is Malcolm Gladwell's uh, outliers. Um his his a little piece of advice, insider information, all right? Insider information is everything when it comes to um, when it comes to 
accumulated achievement and success is entrepreneurship. All right. So don't believe this. I got lucky. Now, some people do get lucky, but like it's you can't plan for yeah. luck. Yeah. You can't plan for that, all you right? You have to be meticulous. You, it, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, succeeding as an entrepreneur, it's about having insider information. First mover advantage. You're there before other people are there, and yep. you ride the wave. It's only 3.6 billion, okay, maybe a little bit more than three, what is it, 6 billion, 7 billion people. Yeah. It's a finite amount of people in this, in this earth is what I'm trying yeah. to say. And when 75% or even 25% or 20% or 18% of a giant, when it was a big percentage of these people find out about something, they found out. Like, unless it's we're not going, uh, it's not a secret anymore. Unless we're going to then after that go to Saturn, like, you don't, you're not an insider anymore. Like, it's, the bloom is off the leaf. Once you have to run after the cat to try to put it back in the bag, first of all, that's not going to happen. The piss is in the ocean. Like, yeah. like that. that <laughs> so just as a, I mean, as a way to close this up. It's what it is, you know? So guys, we, we really just want to encourage y'all because I know a lot of that sounds discouraging and we're yeah. not trying to get and, on a high and horse. And honestly, a lot, some people may have lost money. Oh, no, no, no. A lot of people lost money. I mean, listening to this podcast. Oh. <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> yeah. You probably free. lost money literally while you've been listening. Yeah. But listen, guys. This entire system is made for people to lose out. So that's yes. why you have to be wise yes. with what you do. And you also cannot, like Eve's original point, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, there's another good book I would encourage you to read. Yeah. It's called The Economic Pendulum by Ooh. Dr. Elijah Morgan. It just talks about the sand in which, like the sandy foundation that Uh-oh. this entire economic system is built upon. I got to get that book. Um, I yep. got it. I got you. You can Likewise. get it when you leave. So I yeah. would just, you know, encourage you guys to read that, you know, because if you understand capitalism in, yep. a, in a nutshell, it is actually planning on a certain percentage of the population to fail. But that ain't going to be me. It ain't going to be me. You want to know why? Because I'm me. <laughs> so you know and for, for for some of you that might have been you but don't let it happen again you know first time shame on them second time shame on you hey we all have made mistakes and we all have missed up you know and things have happened so the next time you know diversify your income make wise and better decisions and have wise counsel around you to make these decisions guys so that the next time the government shut down you're you not scrambling you, you're not outside on, on Central Avenue with a cup So we're going to do live reads this year, guys. 2018 is the year of the live reads. So guys and ladies. Homo sapiens. We're going to do live reads. So um, not only live reads, but I'm also going to utilize the services of our sponsors. Shout out to our great sponsors, many of whom retweet our stuff. Mm. And some of whom have already been ready to transition over to actually being a real sponsor. So thank you. So here we go. Live read on a service that we have actually used here. I got to get my professional voice on people. Looking to make your ideas come to life? Because ideas can never die. You want... Why are you laughing? See, I'm trying to do a live read. I should leave this on here. Do your thing. Do your thing. I'm trying to get professional people. And now Eve is over here laughing. (laughs) Go ahead. 
At least Avery just give me an ice grill. She just start bust out chuckling as soon as good, I start reading. Good. I'm just waiting for the tap dance. That's all. Yeah, you know. I need Tariq Nashida off my shoulder saying, boy, you're cooning for the sponsors. All right, here we go. I'm going to leave all that in there, too. I'm going to leave all this nah, in there. Nobody cares. <laughs> our listeners care. Here we go. Looking to make your ideas come to life? Because ideas can never die, you want to ensure that you are working with a skilled professional who can take your vision from abstract to reality. Let me introduce you to Darius Corey Designs. Darius is a graphic designer, illustrator, and photographer who has worked with clients from large corporations to newly married couples just looking to memorialize their nuptial ceremony. From commissioned pieces to sequential storyboard art, Darius uses his gift and passion to bring the most vague ideas to fruition. Get in touch with Darius today at www.dariuscorey.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S-C-O-R-R-Y.com. Or you can reach Darius at Darius at DariusCorey.com. Again, that's D-A-R-I-U-S at D-A-R-I-U-S-C-O-R-R-Y.com. Please support our sponsors the way they support our podcast and tell them where you got their info. So that's a live read, people. So for those of you who want to know about Darius, Darius is a great graphic designer. He actually has done the logo. Ooh, the logo. He, yeah, he, did, our, yeah, he did the Across the Intersection logo. Good. So logo, for those of okay. you who think um, you want to utilize Darius's service, please support that brother. He supports our podcast. And uh, yeah, shout out to Darius. Does he get paid in Bitcoin? And we're gonna pay Darius in Bitcoin. Okay. Um, is that is, okay? Is that that's that's and it's funny from recorded, that Bitcoin okay. it's funny from the financial discussion we just had. We didn't even get into network marketing, which is another mm. bad mm. decision. Listen to me, people, bad with a capital ad decision. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, not all network marketing is bad. <laughs> some some people make some money. So please do not let them uh <laughs> I, I need Stephen A. Smith to come in. We were hoodwinked. We were bamboozled. We were led astray. So, so if one of your friends calls you and tells you that they want to invite you to a meeting at their house and won't tell you what it's about. You know what it's about. You know what it's about. Okay, but I have to say something. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. For the Uh-oh. first time. Because, come on. Because hold on, hold on, hold on. They didn't, they didn't get you to come to the meeting, did they? That's what I'm about to tell you. Uh-oh. Early 2000s. You know, that was the time all of us were young. We, you know, we went to these different things to see what was popping off. But I have not been to one of these uh, MLM, bless you, multi level marketing meetings in all that time because I learned my lesson. Bless I'm not going to name the organizations that I went to you, and, and got the same speech each time and got bless riled you. up. So I thought I was good. I thought I was floating above. I'm a grown thought, woman. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Come on. You know, there's no way in the world somebody could yoke me into it. Mm-hmm. Well, I got invited to a birthday party. Oh. At a, at a bar sweet. downtown DC. I was like, wow, okay. I don't I don't That's really fancy. hang out with this person that much. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a big invite, you know? Mm-hmm. And I took one of my friends, like, oh, we're gonna Let's hang go. out at this bar, uh-huh. you know, and a birthday party and okay. everything. So it was great. And so we went up there and we hung out with the people and we enjoyed it. And then the person whose birthday it was said, Oh yeah. Uh, we're actually gonna, you know, this was sort of cocktail hour. So uh, let's just go down to already. this. <laughs> let's just go down to this room because this is where everything's gonna take place. <sighs> we get down there. There's a big screen, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, 
uh, introduction. I would like to introduce you to such and such a person oh who has been with our organization on my team uh, for such and such and such amount of time. Uh, and here he is. But don't boom. He comes out. Start he pulls out a sign. And then I said, Oh, oh no. Did How did I get yoked? <laughs> and I and I looked, Hello my baby. Hello my John. <laughs> And I looked over at my friend who I had invited and I said, I'm so I'm sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so so sorry. yes, I got yes. yoked in recently. Uh, recently? Was this? Well, hold on. No, it so was what, like this 2000, summer. Woo! It was 2017. Oh, oh. I got yoked oh, yeah. in. I, that, that happened to me. They, they're, so they're giving, too. so in other words, they are getting pulled up in the DeLorean back they, to the future. They are like, getting. Yeah, 2017. <laughs> They won't know what's going on. <laughs> they are getting cleverer and cleverer. Oh my goodness. Doc Doc pulled up and was like, Eve, come on. We got to save the world. <laughs> we got to save the world. Come on. We got to sell this product. <laughs> Yo, anybody doing multi-level marketing, more power to you. No, no more power to you. <laughs> Least power away from you. <laughs> but anyway, I just I just want to let y'all know that is another not great decision. I had somebody in my family call me around the holidays talking about yeah, I thought it was gonna bite me over for the holidays. Oh Lord, here we go. And Come on. Me. So anyway, but we we're not going to bash Bam them. Boozled. We're not bashing them. They, can I can I can I they, at least explain financially why it, it will take like ten seconds? Okay. Why it's not a good. But they say they're not a pyramid because scheme. Because you got to they say they're not a pyramid scheme. I mean, AJ, you basically said it like uh, so. So if you go to the sec.gov, you can look up Ponzi scheme. The definition of it. Uh, Charles Ponzi. Charles Ponzi is a dude from like the twenties. I can't remember the exact year he was around, but he created. Uh, uh, well, not he created, but he became known for a particular way of grifting money from people, right? Mm. And pyramid schemes work essentially the same way, so they're kind of a conflation of terms. But anyway, a pyramid scheme is uh, when early investors get paid from late investors. I don't think people caught it, <laughs> yeah, because this thing keeps going. Yep, <laughs> early investors. I'm an investor. Get paid from late investors. So what that means. Is that when you pay into any one of these things, you already lost. You're already the late you investor. Are, you're, you are the late investor. The early investor just got paid by you. So anytime anybody comes around and says, oh, well, it's this membership and, you know, oh, or you, you got to buy all this stuff. Look, look, if you have to pay into that thing in order for you to get paid, it's a pyramid scheme. Do the numbers. All right. So don't don't fall for like. The 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 so and so church leader, super charismatic believer, tap dancing guy that's always smiling with bow ties or whatever it is whatever he's wearing, he does or penny loafers with that that doesn't even have a car. Don't fall for don't fall for none of that stuff. All right, like they gotta have bow ties. It it, it it is it is it is early investors get paid from late investors. So if you pay into that that that's the money that they're making. You already lost. Shout, right. out, shout out to Bowties. You can yeah, sponsor. I thought it was a little bit longer than 10 seconds. But. Yeah, it's about 13 seconds. So. so speaking of money that probably should not have been spent <laughs> in 2017. This is an older article, guys, because we've been off for a few weeks. Okay. But I still wanted to talk about it. So up in Baltimore, our neighbors to the north, maybe 45 minutes north, right? So the state of Maryland um, has plans Come to on. open a... 
30 or not plans they've already opened it a 35 million million dollar million dollar youth detention center library <laughs> that's what you say right I, I wish it was a library recreation center yeah rec center a rec center for people who've committed crimes financial no. literacy center no, nah, I wish it was a tutoring center. You need finances to have financial literacy. Computer lab. No, it is a youth detention, detention center, center. Mm. that the state uh, will be run by state corrections board. Okay. So $35 million. Your police. State, okay. But $35 million. Now, let me explain to you why, and it's going to be up on Greenmount Air for those of you who are, who are familiar with Baltimore. Greenmount Avenue, which turns into York Road. Yeah. Okay, got it. So for those of you who are in, who are familiar with Baltimore, that it's going to be sixty thousand square foot facility. Now you may say, "Yo, why is they why are they opening up a thirty five million dollar youth detention center?" Well, currently, well prior to this detention center, youths tried and convicted in that area were actually held with adults, mm. which is not good, and we which admit is that not is not yeah. good. It has been statistically proven that it will make them, because we, we went over this. Yes. If they had a 10% likelihood to repeat offense, it like shot up to 50 or 60% likelihood to repeat offense and become worse criminals. So, and general population tends to be more punitive, whereas juvenile tends to be more restorative. Yeah. Just the perspective of the way that you treat inmates. Of course, mm. we know everything. It should all be restorative. But, be, uh, you know, just yeah. that's part of the reason so, that there's a problem, that you're among older people. Yeah. And it's more punitive instead of someone trying to resolve what's really going on. Now, here's the crazy thing. Yeah. Let me throw out a, cr- a couple of crazy numbers about this um, facility. It's actually it's $35 million mm. state fund. So, you know, that means if you're a taxpayer in the state of Maryland, whether you're in the D.C. area, Baltimore, Anywhere, the Eastern Shore, Western Howard Mountain County, area. County, Charles yeah. County, you paid. You have paid into Island. this facility, right? Okay. It actually is being built at a time where youth um, conviction is actually dropping. So for those of you who don't understand, like when states plan out their budget, they do these things years in advance. Yeah. So they didn't just decide to build this in 2017. Mm. This was probably planned five to 10 years ago. So the Annapolis legislator, legislature, yeah. excuse me. Exactly. They, I'm mispronouncing it. An, an, okay. Annapolis, you mean? No. Oh, yeah, Annapolis. <laughs> Annapolis. They, they probably planned this out five to 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. You know, they to, to allocate the money in fiscal year 2017 for this facility. And so on. Well, probably in 16 to build it. To the way construction works. Okay. It probably would have been built in 16 for 17. So the money would have been allocated in 16 for 17 project, right? But now here we are in 2017 going into 2018 and convictions are dropping. So the new facility is said to be able to house up to 60 youths. 50 of those will be male and 10 will be female. Um, yeah. Which is crazy um i think that's wild but my whole point in bringing up this story i thought well with all of the stuff going on in baltimore freddie gray they suing marilyn mosby trying to get her disbarred all that stuff's going on right the the optics the optics of this i'm not sure if it's a good look for the city of baltimore or the state of maryland to have this brand new big kitty jail being built in the midst of all this stuff that's been going on over the last 12 months? Mm, well, uh, so uh, Baltimore houses a lot of prisons. Baltimore City, the heart of Baltimore City, houses a lot of 
it, it, well, that's where like juvenile detention is, and the court system is right over there, off of Gay Street. Uh, and then there are a lot of prisons, a lot of jails, a lot of prisons, and what looks like a warehouse district, but they're prisons. Uh, there was just a prison that was torn down a couple years ago, maybe like three years ago. What was it? Um, I can't remember the name. It was the Baltimore Penitentiary. It was something that was built during the Civil War. Jesus. It was something that was built during the Civil War and never upgraded. I mean, why would you, right? They, they deserved it. So uh, I don't necessarily <laughs> think that providing a modern uh, uh, detention facility is necessarily a, the most bad, the most, like, the worst idea in the world when you have, like, Places where um, the heat is off for over a week and there's cold water, no hot water. Like I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's necessarily a, a bad idea. I agree that the optics are bad, but I, I mean the optics are always going to be bad. You see who we got for president? <laughs> like, I mean, we're one to talk. It's all so, uphill from there. Is what you saying? I mean, Baltimore is basically and and not 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 unlike this country is operating within the deficit. Um, it's really bad out there with a lot of the 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 um the the slack inventory of houses. So they have a shortage of uh, property taxes that they collect, which means that you know we have a lot of municipality, a lot of municipal services. So, um, which basically means ghetto. That's what it means. So I I mean I'm not really sure what else. They could do. Eve, you know, you was talking about something like that was a little bit more systemic. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Um, yes, I think that in terms of the optics, uh, yeah. First of all, I agree that if there's a situation going on where kids are being uh, housed with adults, of course, that needs immediate action. Yes, criminal college. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. it is criminal college. Yeah. So this, so that Ooh. needs to change. However, a lot of people, and educators like myself included, but most people in general, know about the the classroom to prison pipeline, mm. and so they'll say that that's a conspiracy. Instead, <laughs> instead of uh, continuing to fund prisons or detention centers to detain, you know, youth who have gone astray. Um, why are you do, putting so much money into that when Baltimore is known in the past several weeks for having classrooms that have f- frozen pipes and, yeah. and and basically money is not being put into well, the they, educational system? They so, deserved it. Yeah, I Those mean, you know, students deserved. I mean, it. yeah, I mean, clearly that's you know that's inhumane. Those actually. teachers deserved it. So, so I think on one level, yes, I agree that if there is a problem, of course, that's mm-hmm. what. Yeah, because it's not. I know wrong. you're not saying that, but yeah. but yeah. So the, first of all, yes, I agree that there's an immediate problem. There, there are. There are youth offenders, and they need to be placed with other youth, and they need to have more of a restorative type of approach rather than punitive, and they need to be removed from those adults. That's first of all. I understand that. However, there are two other things that I wanted to bring up. There is a problem because the classroom, the prison pipeline basically predicts, predicts, and that's a problem. How like many math. kids will end up in the criminal justice system, mm. system based on, in certain communities, how many have joined kindergarten during a respective year? They go forward, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years, 12 years, and then they can predict. So that brings me back, though, to a more systemic problem. And that and who is who predicts that? Is that why, the CCA? 
that's a good question. I don't know. Um, is, um, I would have to look that up, and I don't have my computer with me. Yeah, Corrections but, Corporation of America, and there's also G-O, well, but they have a vested G-O, interest in like and all that ones. anyway. Uh-huh. But what I wanted to mention is that I think a question in in capitalism in our capitalist society that is not ans- that is not asked enough Come on. is the question called why. Why are there so many youth offenders in the first place? Why ask why? Are we going to keep on putting band-aids and saying, oh, look, I don't know why. All I know is that he stole something. All I know is that he uh, committed armed robbery. I don't care why. The kid should not have offended, period. If we want to live in a society like that, then there's a problem and it's unsustainable. But if you backtrack and you say- Law and order. (laughs) Yeah, right. In the name of law and order, all you know is the kid offended. Well, look, if we are really that base as thinkers in this society, then we deserve the long-term consequences that we get. But if we are better than that, then we'll back up and say, what's going on with our society? We're not better than that. that cre- <laughs> what's we'll going on with our society that creates this cadre of youth offenders? What goes on in society where you can go into certain communities and there are young boys just terrorizing the whole community? What is happening systematically and yeah. systemically? And so if we really want to fix the problem, instead of continuing to create jobs for correction officers and for people who are supervisors of those folks and supervisors of those, if we want to actually deal with the problem, what's going on in families and communities? Uh, are these families and communities being properly resourced so that it, there's a less likelihood, lower likelihood that these kids would offend in the first place? Well, let's. I want to read a couple of statistics. Okay. I was okay. just looking up some statistics from the Civil Rights Data Collection, CRDC. They actually track stuff like this, and they had put out a um, a graphic. Come on. Uh, I believe this was last year or two years ago. Oh, this is twenty. I need relevant data, AJ. <laughs> relevant. 2009, excuse me, I thought I, thought I said 2016, 2009. Um, and the, the reason I want to bring this up is because I actually forgot about that Baltimore Sun story Come on. that had the students in the classroom with the freezing. cold song because mm-hmm. they were freezing mm-hmm. cold because the heat wasn't working and da, da 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 Those are the types of students that may not end up finishing school, yes. right? Who end up getting pulled out of school. And, and tell so, us about the domino and, effect. Yeah, you know so this, the domino man. Effect. So... According to the CRDC, 68% of all males in state and federal prison do not have a high school diploma. Come on. That's a staggering number. 68%. 68. 6.8%? No, 68%. 68%. And that was in 2009. Of of who don't have what? Who don't have a high school diploma. Okay. Now, of of course, these things fall on racial and ethnic lines because 40% of all students expelled from school each year are black. Mm. 70% of students involved in arrest in schools are black or Latino. Uh-huh. Um, and it, you know, so on and so on and so forth. And so people who have this belief that, oh, certain groups of people are, are you know, predisposed to that kind of behavior. Yeah, right. They're, they're predisposed to that kind of behavior don't understand that you know these kids grow up in environments. People can say don't understand all day long. I'm starting to believe that they don't want to think critically well, about it. We're talking about grown folks well, who, will, who will point, yeah, will, who will point to a, a person uh, who has committed a crime and say, well, well, he committed a crime. That's all I want to hear. Or they will point to the kid who's dropped out and say, well, if he had stayed in school, he wouldn't. So everything is still the fault 
of that particular individual. And yes. yes, that particular individual did commit a crime and he did make a series of decisions, but he comes from a context. Are we going to heal that context? Are we going to have communities that are resourced instead of under-resourced so that at minimum we can say, kid, you had all the resources in the world. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about nutrition down the street instead of you having to go to some fast food restaurant and you know, blow up your, your DNA, you know, what, look, just know that you are resourced nutritionally, educationally. Look, I put your parents in a great position to be employed and not underemployed. Your neighborhood looks great. You're not walking past abandoned buildings. Now, based on all of that, now you're able to make a conscious decision about your life instead of being a reactor to all of this uh, dysfunction around you. Well, well, those things aren't going to happen because that's not why we were brought here as uh, black people. <clears throat> the First of all... We were uh, brought the, here to be a labor force. Yes. Yes, exactly. Whether that labor force is behind bars well, it, well, or in front of bars. Absolutely. They'll still be used as labor. Yes. Well, we're primarily a servile class. This goes back to... We talked about... We've had a couple conversations about the median household income of different racial groups, the uh, Asian Americans, a- Asians in the United States being at the highest of that at 77,000, then whites at 60, non Hispanic whites at 63,000, then Hispanics at like 48,000, and then uh, then blacks at 36,000, median household income. And so uh, capitalism, ca- capitalism only works if there is a bottom class and guess what ah, slavery ended a long time ago slavery ended a long time ago Weeze it <laughs> d- 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 dims us and us dim and so unless we are okay with um streets that aren't being cleaned because they're cleaned by prisoners if we're okay with the highways having junk on the side of the road because those are picked up by prisoners if we're okay with um, not having not ha- or, or more expensive desks and different pieces of equipment and furniture that supply all state and local uh, uh, houses of of of, of policy um, policy crafters, all of that stuff is provided by prisoners. All m- 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 much of it, much of it is provided by prison labor. Where pe- prison labor, where people get those those kids. Are, are being paid uh, 36 cents or a nickel or nothing at all. Depending so somebody's on the saying slavery ended and a long adults. time ago. That actually is not true. Well, no, it's not true. It's not <laughs> true. It got beautified into, 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 uh, into, into penal slavery, which is, which is prison, prison labor. And so um, whether it's jail or whether it's prison, there's an exploitation that happens. And so this country does not, uh, the state, the state and local municipalities do not benefit from cleaning up from they don't they don't benefit economically from um, allowing the most bottom bottom run to have higher wages to have uh, situations and scenarios that allow them to avoid being locked up they, they don't benefit from that and that's not a conspiracy theory that's that's just that's fact that's just, fact just so look out the window <laughs> so yeah just look out the window so so but the but but I think the way, you know, so, so then it's like, what's the solution? You know, oh, this is so sad to listen to. Well, you know. We figured we'd kick off 2018 with a bang here. Well, see, the thing is, <laughs> I got to tell you, I, gotta, I mean, I got to tell, tell it to you how I was told me. I was giving the world. I didn't make it. 
So this the, the 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 this is how this world is, and so what you have to learn to do. The question is, you know, this ties into uh, things a little bit earlier about getting out of our situation and entrepreneurship, and you know, I'm a hustler, baby. You know, like like well, what are what are we? What's the solution? What's the way out? Um, and so you got to ask yourself, like, is it the acquisition of a whole bunch of things? Is it to be a billionaire like a whole bunch of people want to be is a billionaire? And you got to ask yourself, well, there are some black billionaires right now. And look at the situation that we're talking about. So really, is that the answer? I, I, would, I would argue that, it's, that is course, not. Of course not. So what, what, I would, what I would say is that I would say a couple things. Uh, one, I bet you would. I, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, that, that's his. That's his cue to like. All right, man, wind it down. So I would say a couple of things. One is that the, the, our society, our society is like the game Survivor. All right, and Survivor, the tagline to Survivor is um, outplay, outwit, outlast. Boom! I need for you to right? repeat that. And so it's outplay, outwit, outlast. So you could just <laughs> hit the fifteen second rewind on the <laughs> podcast joint, but. So, there, okay. So, this 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 world is like is like chess, right? And the 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 the, the um, <clears throat> purpose of chess is to defeat not the most powerful piece, but the weakest. I don't know if you you caught that. I don't know if anybody here plays chess, but the king is not the most powerful piece. Yeah. We think it's the most powerful piece, right. but it's not. It's actually the weakest because it can only move one in, in one square in any direction right. right but even a pawn can move up to in the beginning and, yeah in the beginning yeah. go diagonal and get promoted if it makes it all the way to the end but a king can only it's the weakest so um what we have to we have we have to understand like how our society how our society structured what's going on and where we fit in like this idea of you could be anything is brainwashing you can't be anything like, I know you don't want to hear that, but you can't be anything. Because like I said, if I'm 4'11", I can't play in the NBA. And, and I so, think we need to be content with what we are. Like, like where, like yeah. what we are. Like, and what I mean by that, I, I don't mean to settle, right? Right. I don't mean settling. What I mean is, let's say that I have this level of education, right? Whatever that level is. High school diploma, mm-hmm. bachelor's, mm-hmm. master's, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that's what you have. And so I'm going to live the best life I can according to that. Well, we're going to have to live the best life that we can according to that. But I, but what I'm trying to get at is to understand that the framework in which that we're operating in is not the best framework. But I do it, want to, but I, but I want to agree with what you yeah. said, which is the framework. And I think what happens, as I was talking about earlier concerning survival mm-hmm. mode and concerning yeah. the treadmill, yeah. is that people pop out into the world and life happens to them mm-hmm. then they grow up they get on a treadmill if if they're lucky to have a job yeah and then they that lasts until mm-hmm. they're 65 years old mm-hmm. they retire a few years later they die and so what you were just saying is critical what world do, what type so, of world do you live in how many people even step back and say let me look at my context to know how to navigate here so so well, i i want to say like this this world has to fall right it's going to fall now the 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 question and these these rich folks know this stuff. The people who started Bitcoin and whatnot, like like that had it early and then manipulated the whole situation to extract wealth from these poor populations, knows that. All right, you got you you, you got these billionaires who hold dual citizenships in New Zealand and building their own islands. And I'm not making this stuff up. They ready to go. All right, they got their finger on the button. <laughs> they got one foot out the door, but we don't. So the, so the situation here is when we look at it, look at it on a. Uh, in, in, 
in somewhat of an earthly mindset is to how are we going to outlast the system or is the system going to take us out with it? Now, that's the that's the million. That's the trillion dollar question. All right. And and our goal should be to position ourselves to outlast the system and not necessarily to assimilate into it, not necessarily to sell our own people out, not necessarily to do all of that stuff. Because, you know, like that's that that that, that if you profess to f- abide by these spiritual laws and spiritual truths that we t- we profess ourselves to do, yeah. that we shouldn't be doing those things. So so with that, with this with this whole scenario, with this whole uh, uh, system that's about to fall, that should that should that that should interest us more and more and more to uh look toward the more spiritual things of course of course the things that that transcend all of this it's so important to and to try to see okay well what is you know what 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 is what is elohim trying to try trying to show us and connect us to and what and, and 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 really aim really aim to to see um, what our purpose is in light of what it is that the Lord would desire for us. All right. Yeah. And it's more than just the ac- acquisition of, of things. And that's something that capitalists don't understand. No, you're you exactly know? right. And I think people need to ask that question, what kind of world we live in. And the kind of world we live in is the kind of world where they would build a $35 million prison as opposed to building a $35 million, you know, development center or something like that to help at risk use because those types of things do not benefit those in power. Um, I think we need to be realistic. You know, all of those, you know, pro-capitalist believers that don't realize that capitalism is designed to literally grind into a pulp a certain percentage of the population need to come to grips with that and that understand that we live by, we have to aspire, I should mm. say, to live by a different set of rules because we want to claim citizenship in another kingdom. Yeah, right? what we see here is is the best that man has been able to come up with. Yeah, this is this, <laughs> this is all passing away. This this caste system is the best that human that humanity <laughs> has been able to come up with. And so God in Christ is the answer. We understand that. And then even if we just look at the, the tools that have been given to us, to us, uh, we have wisdom from scripture and, and there is some, there is a, a whole lot of merit to, um, to, to not just thinking about things below, but having an elevated view uh, of the way that we should respond to this, this earthly environment. So be encouraged people. The Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. And so I would encourage you that no matter what sphere of life you're in, you know, listen, if you're in a government shutdown right now, if you got bamboozled by Bitcoin or if unfortunately someone in your family is getting swept up into, you know, uh, the Department of Corrections. Listen, no matter what sphere of life you're in, there is a way out. And, you know, you have to. You have to decide. You have to ask yourself those questions. Am I willing to go the way that will get me out of the situation? So that require thinking from a different lens and thinking from a different paradigm. And that's the paradigm that we always are going to keep here in the mix. So for Avery and Eve, this is AJ saying thank you all for rocking with us again. Head across the intersection and have a happy Get started, I won't cheat you Let me set apart who is my people The ones who set in their heart to be believers 
press on to the mark to follow Jesus When it gets hard, they be seeking the leaders Fathers that help them heal when they are beaten Or help them see the meaning when they're grieving Don't follow their feelings that are being misleading Of what they listen to. This is how we should be. We live in sober. Why is he proceeding?